jam-packed weekend to recap, but I'm sorry, I just have to rave a little bit about Jordan Addison first. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, Luke Braun, and let's find some joy today. You can find the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, any place where you listen to audio things, uh, even YouTube if you want a video version, or uh, you can go to Amazon Fire or Roku, download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app, and now we're partnered with SiriusXM, so you can find us on their podcasting app as well. Uh, Thank you so much to those of you who listen to this show every single day. I appreciate you all very, very much. Uh, I absolutely love my hashtag every day or sound off in the comments. Uh, if you can, I appreciate you all so, so much. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL or enter promo code LockedOnNFL for a white tech hat with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. Today on the show, there is so much to talk about. Tons of stuff happened over the weekend since last time we talked. I watched another practice. I'll give you some of my uh, my my takeaways from that. We've got this weird TJ Hawkinson thing going on uh, that I didn't really know what was going on after the night practice, and, and we've got some clarity there. Uh, more good Jordan Addison play. The Vikings had a player go out for the season with an ACL injury. They signed another player to fill in that roster spot. All kinds of stuff going on. Um, so... We got to get just moving. So let me first start with what I talked about uh, right at the, the outset, which is Jordan Addison is he looks the part. I guess that's the way that I'll, I'll put it. And he looks like he's getting it figured out. Um, that probably undersells it. He looks like he's ready to go. Like this is not going to be a um, he needs to wait eight weeks before he can play kind of situation. And the reason I say that, so some of that is just like in drills, you can see the athleticism, you can see the ability, you can see the quick feet and all of that stuff. You can see him get in and out of cuts really fast. You can see him um, track the ball properly and all that. There is, I mean, the the concern of him being small, I can see him making you know, a big catch radius catches, uh, you know, jumping up in the air, getting something tall. So that that is all very encouraging. You can see the way that he is setting up defensive backs and beating them in ways uh, that translate very directly to actual live reps, um, even in ways where, you know, with the defensive backs are very, very disadvantaged in these situations. But you can see him kind of do that in 11s as well. Um, for those who aren't familiar, the 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 one-on-ones are very bad for D-backs. Like, it's a way harder element because 99% of the time, that's probably wrong. 80% of the time as a D back, you aren't responsible for somebody every single route he could possibly run. There are some coverages that use Meg man everywhere he goes. And that does mean, yep, you just got to play that dude. And it's a lot, a lot, a lot harder. Every one-on-one is Meg. Uh, that's just not really a representation of a, of the way a football game would go. So it's going to favor 
the uh, wide receiver because when you aren't in Meg, let's say you only have an outside responsibility and anything that breaks off to the inside of linebacker will pick up, right? You can play a different technique that and anything that they feign to the outside or to the inside, any head fake, anything that they're trying to get you to think that they're looking inside, you don't have to react to because you're going to pass that off anyways. So without that luxury, D-backs are really left on an island a lot. So for me, a D-back winning a one-on-one is more impressive than a wide receiver winning a one-on-one. And when we watch wide receivers win one-on-ones, we have to look, okay, how are they doing that? Are they faking something that that guy probably isn't going to have to deal with a lot? There's a, a rep of... um Brandon Powell, who has continued really to to just keep stacking good days. Um, but there's a rep of his that I really like against Cam Bynum, but I don't blame Cam Bynum too much for it because he uh, essentially fakes a, a go route to the outside, or like a fade to the outside, and it gets Cam Bynum, or he fakes an outbreaker, uh, and it gets Cam Bynum, who's playing 45 degrees, with inside leverage to try to chase it and then he cuts it to the outside and he cuts it really really explosively which that part translates and is really exciting and i love that um but it's like most of the time cam bynum at safety is not going to have to react to that outside route so the fact that he bid on it is like not something that we'd be too concerned about so with addison i have to look how is he doing this? And there is a grand efficiency to the way he gets in and out of his things, whatever things he's doing. And if anything, I want him to put even more sauce on stuff um, that gets him to, you know, that's like the difference between him and JJ. Justin Jefferson's putting all kinds of sauce on his rights, all kinds of little wiggles and um, deceptive moves. And with Jefferson and what makes him so lethal is that it all has its purpose. There's a method to, to all of this madness and Addison also has a method to his madness. There's just kind of like less tricky tricks. And I think that there's room for him to do more if he wants. But he gets in and out of all of it very quickly. And so it's hard to complain. Um, and that is more of a you're doing great. Here's what can make you better kind of thing. Uh, because he's he's open a lot. I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, whether it's seven on, whether it's 11 on, uh, whether it's one on ones. He's open a lot. Um, and all of the stuff that we saw in college about him setting up defensive backs is happening here on the field. And it's always nice to see, Hey, the thing that got him drafted, he can still do it. Um, so when I look at like, what are we going to expect from him in, in, you know, week one and all that stuff? Um, I'm sure that there is growth that will happen over time that I can't see like, you know, a route concept that he's, is he running these at the right depth and stuff like that? We can't really know that. So I'm sure that there's random stuff. All rookies have that. That's not anything to, uh, that's something just kind of expect. Um, but I would still, regardless of that, expect some pretty heavy uh i would expect influ or uh involvement participation i think he's gonna be in the offense um that's probably a really lukewarm take but when it comes to rookies it's hey are they gonna play or not for example lewis seen probably not gonna see a lot of a lot of him on the defense i'm actually not very happy with what i'm seeing with him and i'm gonna put a pin in that i'll get to that later in the show because i think what people really want to hear about and the questions that are all over the place right now are about tj hawkinson so i want to get to that um really fast so tj hawkinson here's the story with him thursday night night practice he was fully dressed ready to go everything seemed fine he did not participate in stuff officially goes down as limited um but it was at a certain point in practice he stopped 
participating in team drills and stuff. And he was actually doing his own routes, doing his own stuff. And it kind of looked like weird. I, I even speculated, like, could that be like a soft holdout kind of like a hold in kind of thing? Um, you know, is this a contract deal or is he just hurt? But he wasn't doing like full rehab. He wasn't uh, he was dressed. So it kind of felt like didn't feel like an injury on Saturday. He comes out not in pads, so he's not fully dressed to practice. He does stretches and he goes back in with a trainer. And so you're thinking, OK, is he but but was he injured for that or is he just now like fully not participating? And is this a contract thing? Is this an injury thing? After practice, Andrew Kramer asked Kevin O'Connell, what's up with Hawkinson? O'Connell said minor. What is it? Minor health related issue. So a.k.a. injury um, minor, he's says. So hopefully we can expect him back before the joint practices is when I really care. Uh, if, if otherwise, you know, all the rest of the practices, he's a veteran, you know, he's, he doesn't need that, that necessarily, but you know, back as soon as possible. So we hope so, but that sort of puts a bit of a wet blanket on the, do we have another contract thing going on? Those, those contracts with Hawkinson are being negotiated. TJ Hawkinson said he wants to remain a Viking. The Vikings have said they want TJ Hawkinson to remain a Viking for, for the long term. So both sides publicly have said we want to get this done so usually that tends to lead to it getting done some some way or other um but it's a process that takes time so the the like each new offer needs to be drafted and then they have to stare at each other for a while and then a new offer has or whatever amendments have to be drafted and it's a process that's long and arduous and full of red tape um so expect it to take a little time and then probably jj is is happening as well uh jefferson's not doing any has very little to say about the contract matter. He doesn't seems to genuinely not care. And that makes sense too, because he's making so much money on brand deals. Like he's not, this is not like the life changing amount of money that happened to him already years ago. Um, anyways, with Hawkinson, it's a injury thing. Uh, I, I haven't seen anybody talk about that. It's weird. That was only in the physical newspaper, which I only have access to because I'm staying with family in Minnesota right now as I go to training camp and they get the paper. Usually I don't live uh, in Minnesota, so I, I wouldn't see that at all. And for a lot of people, like they don't see the physical paper. Maybe they read the Star Tribune on the app or online, which I, I couldn't find it anywhere on, on that stuff. So uh, easy to miss. So if you missed it, there you have it. Um I want to talk about scene. I want to talk about the new the the roster moves that the Vikings did all over uh, the weekend. So we we'll get to both of those things. I want to make sure that we have all the time in the world, and then a couple of other camp uh, camp training camp observations is the word that I struggled to find. <laughs> but before I do that, let me talk to you about the, your new favorite shorts. It's bird dogs. Bird dogs uh, are. A different kind of like khaki short that are made to fit way bigger, better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff restricting cotton uh, that won't form fit you the way that you want. So you can look like the hot steamy piece of meat that you want to be. Um, Bird Dogs uses an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all the time. And they fit slimmer and tighter through your leg and they're very comfortable but they still give you that same fashion advantage that you would normally get with wearing uh, like a khaki short for like golf or something like that. Um, they still look like khaki, 
but they don't have that weird bulky fit that you can get a lot of times with khaki. It's much better. So go to birddog.com slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or promo code locked on NFL for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day every single day, especially my hashtag everydayers. Those of you who have been with me for the whole offseason, especially, I appreciate you all so much. Um, and for you guys in particular, I guess let's go into some of the roster stuff that happened over the weekend. Um, because if you listened to, I think it was the episode, if you want to go back and listen to all this, there's like 16 players of the Everyman series. In the episode of Locked On Vikings, about Jordan Addison getting a speeding ticket. Um, if you go find that one and fast forward through all the speeding ticket stuff, you will find a really rapid fire uh, everyman series round where I got through a whole bunch of people. Uh, one of those people was James Lynch, who was a sort of a Baylor's Baylor uh like company man. Like he loved what Matt rule was doing there. He coached with Matt rule there. Everybody kind of thought he would eventually be a Panther. Uh, but obviously that, that ship has sailed now. Well, unfortunately on Thursday in the night practice, he tore his ACL and, uh, he will be out for the season as season ending surgery. This abundantly sucks for James Lynch. Um, and, and I, I want that to be the takeaway here. Because the way it affects the Vikings roster is a totally separate thing from the fact that James Lynch, who was a rotational player, a solid rotational player, um, and was headed into a contract year in a really difficult roster competition with all kinds of viable players kind of hunting for those last few spots on the interior defensive line. Um, now he has to enter free agency coming off an ACL and only really having a rotational resume. That is such a hard position. And if he had this year, even if it was a year where it like, it would be better for him to play through, get cut and end up on another team. Cause maybe there's another opportunity to prove yourself there. Maybe you get picked up on waivers and you can have a one year deal and you can maybe start somewhere or uh, play a little bit more snaps somewhere, get good tape out there, use that in free agency. Now he has to go with a distant faint memory and trying to like use that, to get teams to sign up. It, that sucks. It just sucks for him. I, my, my heart just breaks for him. Um, but on the other side of the coin with the Vikings themselves, this is something, If of all of the injuries in the world, this is one they felt actually pretty set up to absorb. I, I saw a few people say like, oh no, they're depth. They have to go out and sign a DT now. I, I don't really don't think they did. Um, I did not have James Lynch on my original 53, uh, prediction, which you can find at patreon.com slash Luke Brown NFL. Um, the, uh, so you got my receipts, right? I didn't have him making the team. I, I, but that DT group I thought was like nine deep with rosterable guys. And James Lynch was certainly one of them. So I wouldn't have been surprised if he did make the team. Um, but I think it just takes a little bit of roster pressure off an already very like pressured room. Um, you know, this is the, the world is, well, maybe I was going to cut Ross Blacklock and now I'll keep Ross Blacklock. Like you don't need a free agent. That's not a problem that you need a free agent to come in and solve. Um, but perhaps a problem that they did need a free agent to come in and solve was at wide receiver where two guys are hurt right now, Naylor and Tristan Jackson. 
um, they are that that is they they're a little low on bodies. So they did bring in Nikhil Harry uh, from the Patriots, the former first round pick, pick thirty two. So they now have two pick thirty twos. Uh, I think that's the only picks in, in scene in Nikhil Harry. Um, Harry has had a rough go in the NFL, at least uh, coming out of Arizona state as one of these like big ball or big body contested catch type guys, sort of the, like, I remember talking about him in the draft that year it was 2019 draft. I believe um, it was a lot of, well, he can't separate, but he can get the contested ball anyways. And I remember hearing that and going, that is, and just thinking that's Treadwell. Oh my God, that it sounds like the Laquan Treadwell thing. Now, obviously, those two players are not the same player. Don't freak out too much. It's just one trait that they have in common, or two, I guess. Um, but that I remember thinking, like, man, guy can't get open, but just like Moss's Pac-12 competition. Okay, whatever. Or I guess what is it? The Pac-4 now? <laughs> it was a real conference back then. Um and thinking, hmm, you know, that that I wonder if that's good. I wasn't really looking at the wide receivers very closely that year, so I didn't have a take beyond hmm. But uh, that I, I remember thinking that, and then he kind of flamed out in, in uh, New England, and then he came in and tried to have a year in Chicago. I don't think he was very productive at all in Chicago. Um, it's just the, the, the rookie contract has not worked out, and he's been a free agent, and now he's here kind of on the eve of camp. I I, <laughs> I tweeted out, when this happened, like, I wonder if Josh Doxson is here to push Adam Thielen, because I think I see it too much. You know, a lot of people are going, why would we sign a receiver? We have so many receivers. We got Jefferson and Osborne and, and Addison. And, you know, everybody's talking about this Powell guy and, and everybody was talking about Naylor. And I get that kind of confusion, but you got to understand anything that happens in August is not about the starters. You're never finding starters. And if you sign a guy in August in the middle of camp and he comes in and he makes your team, you found a dude uh, like you. You found a diamond in the rough. You probably got phenomenal value. Um, Like, who is it? Justin Houston just signed. Where was it? Panthers, right? Like, OK, you you it, it, like affected your team doing that or the Bears signing unique Ngakwe. I think they need a lot more than Unique Ngakwe, but boy, that probably helps them a lot because now they have at least one viable uh, defensive lineman with a, with a good track record. Like, Nikhil Harry doesn't change anything. He's not changing my roster prediction. I guess I'll put it that way. Um, they just needed a body. And I, I wanted to bring it up that way because I think that we have, uh, too often, we look only through the lens of the starter and of the, the offense that will actually be on the field. But you have to understand that NFL teams need to build a 53-man roster, not a 22-man roster or 26-man roster with some rotational guys. Uh, they need to build a 53. They need to build a special teams unit. They need to build depth. They need to, they, to add comp competition for linebacker four and cornerback six and safety, you know. They need that competition. Like, that is also an important thing that is worth doing. Are you going to spend a lot of resources on that? No, you're not going to spend resources on CB6, but you got to go do it. And so when you bring in a guy like Nikhil Harry to add competition to a room that's missing Jalen Naylor right now, um, you know, they also have to do the practice squad. To me, this is a Tristan Jackson replacement, uh, not a is Naylor's injury really bad or are they secretly really pissed off and they don't like what Jordan Addison is doing and they're trying to solve that problem? I, I saw some people were responding to 
like the reports of Nikhil Harry with like ideas like that. And I want to push back on that idea. Um, it's not always about the starters. Uh, sometimes you just need a guy. And hey, it's it kind of makes sense. Like, look, the the scouts in the Vikings and probably Quasi himself and everybody's like probably has their old draft grades on him and said, hey, we thought he was a second round pick or a first round pick or maybe they were low on him and they thought it was a third round pick. But either way, that's still a high pedigree. Let's bring him in. Let's see what's up. Uh, and if nothing's up and we cut him, no harm, no foul. Who cares, right? We have our extra roster spot because James Lynch is on IR now. So whatever. <laughs> um, either way, we'll see what he has, right? I mean, you never say never. Uh, n- nevers shouldn't be in your vocabulary, but it's very rare that a guy like Nikhil Harry uh, strolls in to camp in August and like has an outsized effect on your team. Uh and my guess is two months from now, we will forget he was there. And it'll be really, really funny to think like, remember that one time we signed Nikhil Harry? <laughs> uh, but hey, if he makes a team and like makes a big impact and proves me wrong, I'll be the first one to eat crow. Be happy to do it. Uh, speaking of being wrong, <laughs> we got to talk about Lewis scene and some of the other camp uh observations that i had from saturday's practice which i did a live stream but we haven't talked about on this show yet before we do that let me talk to you about a good old bramble it sure is that time of year we're getting into the start of the season and that means it's time to lay down your futures bets whether it is vikings over under eight and a half whether it's jordan uh, Jordan, justin jefferson uh over under 1400 and a half yards um whether it's a Madison prop or whether you want to go bet on some twins games, whatever, right? Uh, you can go find all of that at FanDuel.com. It's America's number one sports book for a reason. Actually, for a few reasons. Among them is that it is safe, secure, and easy to use. Their app is great, uh, and they pay out instantly when you win. And right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bites. You can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So if you pick the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, you can get bonus bets every Chiefs win. I'm I'm not a big expert on the Chiefs, but I'm going to guess there's going to be a few of those. So just pick any team. You go pick the Bills, go pick the Vikings, go pick the Lions if you're really into it. Uh, just pick any team to, to win the Super Bowl, and you will get bonus bets for every single victory. You can use those on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. All right, everybody, it's time to face the music. I don't really like what I'm seeing from Lewis scene. I know that's not what you probably want to hear. Uh, or maybe it is because some of you just just hate the Vikings, but <laughs> and want them to fail so you can feel right in your cynicism. But um, here, here's what I'll say about scene. Um, he's having a second rookie year, basically, right? And what I don't want you to do is to take this and then start running off into the weeds about how Quasey's going to get fired over this because Kyle Hamilton will be a Hall of Famer and, and look at happen. Like, don't go. Don't you don't need to take it that far. Lewisine is having a couple bad days in camp. That's it. That's that's it. All right. So chill out. Relax. It's OK. But here's what's happening. He's late to stuff. He was late to stuff in the preseason last year. He's late to break on stuff. Um, and late to get to the outside, you know, there's corner routes versus cover two when you're a cover two safety. Um, and that means you're a half safety. 
you are often taught in the way that cover two happens in modern NFL, not necessarily, this is especially true in Tampa too, where you will have a linebacker covering the deep seam. So you, so the inside of your half field responsibility, the kind of inside part of it is not as much of a priority as the outside part of it. You can get, you can really uh, like abandon the inside and go to the outside. Cause there's, there's a guy dropping over there. Right. And in modern cover two, that isn't Tampa two, there are still usually ways to kind of cover your butt, if you will, uh, on that inside responsibility, you could go to the outside. So when I see like a Turkey hole shot, where you see, and I believe it was Addison catching a beautiful uh, corner route, or no, it was yeah, it was the twos versus the ones. So it was it was uh, Addison, beautiful corner route from from Cousins uh, versus cover two. He had somebody playing underneath it, but he had uh, run it deep enough, and he had run it outside enough where Lewis seen was laid over the top. And then there was another one who was a single high safety and he had to come over the top. It's a much harder thing, but for the amount of range and explosion that he has, I wanted him to be a little bit closer there couple of caveats. One, I'm watching live. So I don't get the luxury that I usually have, which is to go back and replay and do all that stuff that makes it harder. And that's going to make me a lot wronger. So big old grain of salt. Uh, second caveat, we're talking about practice, <laughs> right? The preseason will tell us a lot, lot, lot more. So um, I will tell you right now, I don't think scene is doing great. And that's also evidenced by every time I see him and I think he didn't have a great play, a coach will like go over and say stuff to him. And usually that's like, okay, they might've seen the same thing I saw and they're going to go give him a note about it or whatever. But the coaches are working with him a lot. Like the coaches talk to him probably more than they talk to any other DB, which is probably what he needs, but it sucks that he needs that. Um, Either way, I know it's hard to have a lick of patience as a football fan. I know we always freak out and we're all prisoners of the moment, but I want you to have a little patience. Uh, he's been in the league for like three months and then he got hurt and basically couldn't learn anything new because he was rehabbing and now he's had like one more month. Um, so developmentally, he's very, very, very short on his road. I guess the way I don't call it over when you're down two scores at the beginning of the second quarter. That's where I would put scene right now. He's down two scores at the beginning. It's it's 14-0, and the second quarter is about to start. That game's not over. Let it play out. It's okay. And hey, if he's if he does turn out to be a huge bust, then we can talk about it then. But we don't need to really talk about it a lot ahead of time. You don't need to be the first to this story. You know, uh, you're not Adam Schefter, <laughs> and you don't need to be Adam Schefter. But let's end this on a positive note because there are two guys that everybody can't stop talking about and raving about and i am also part of everybody ivan pace um just continues to do it like you will see everybody talk about now about ivan pace harrison smith mentioned mentioned pace um i think flores mentioned pace every pace is the story of camp he's the mr mankato runaway uh although i would put forth brandon powell if he's eligible I, or does it have to be a rookie i still like super unclear on the rules there but um Ivan Pace, here's what he's doing. A, he is seeing it. He sees and knows what's in front of him. That's really, really important, especially with the offense that the Vikings are throwing at these guys. The run offense that the Vikings are throwing at these guys has a ton of misdirection and lead blockers going different ways and all that Kyle Shanahan stuff that we've been talking about all offseason on Locked On Vikings every day or no um, is meant to get linebackers moving the wrong way. And he's able to sift through that, find the play and explode. 
He's explosive on blitzes. He's been good in coverage. He's been a monster on special teams. Um, the Ivan Pace is making the roster is no longer a hot take. And that rules for an undrafted free agent to like get a guy that is kind of like pushing for, for real contributions as an undrafted free agent. That is awesome. He's, that's already far exceeding what you expect from him. And Brandon Powell is the other guy that is far exceeding what I expected from him. Um, I, I mentioned the rep earlier against Cam Bynum, this this explosion out of breaks. You just see it, I think. And there there is he's just always open. It's and it's there's a consistency to it. How much the way he gets open and will it translate and will his size become a bigger problem in a real game situation where guys can be more physical with him? I can't wait to see him in the preseason. I can't wait to see that in the joint practices. Let's really put that to the test. That's the next sort of skepticism toward this. Brandon Powell is having an awesome camp so far. You cannot argue against that. Nobody has. Um, but if it goes into the preseason and the Seahawks, you know, that first game and Seahawks play him super physical and he disappears, then you go, okay, well, that that's that then. Maybe that camp thing was a myth and he was only doing well because guys couldn't, you know, put their hands on him as much because it's practice and you're not trying to be that physical. Um, that's the next thing to watch for. But either way, right now, if Brandon Powell is uh, a, a total surprise, awesome r- player that's actually going to get a role in the offense and be a, a positive contributor beyond just punt returning, it looks exactly like this. There are scenarios where that's fake that also look like this, but the really good, exciting scenario starts like this. And and so we can be hyped for a little bit, and then we'll check our work in the preseason game and in the joint practices and all that. And if we come out of the preseason game and he's still balling in the joint practices with Arizona and, and Tennessee, and, and and we're still and he's still balling, then we have no choice but to take him seriously as an actual member of the offense. And hey, that rules. Depth is awesome. Addison's killing it. Powell's killing it. We still have Osborne and Justin Jefferson. No surprises there. Those guys are the guys they've always been. And hey, we got all this hype about Naylor too. And if he can come back healthy, look at this wide receiver room. We're absolutely thriving. Uh, And I guess Nikhil Harry is here too. (laughs) Tomorrow's Twitter Tuesday. Get your questions into me. You're going to have to send them to me at Luke Brown NFL on Twitter. Uh, I'm still remote, so I, I'm not going to go. I, I, like I'm on this tiny little laptop. I'm not going to go through all the Google Form stuff. I will save those questions if they're still relevant. I will get to them. So if you do want a Google Form question that's in the show notes or or send an email to LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com, please feel free. I will get to it eventually. Uh, but if it's unless it's like something that that is no longer relevant by uh, by a week from Tuesday. But get your questions into me. Um, FYI, there was somebody mentioned to me, so because I'm on this remote setup and I'm in a fairly rural location, thus the internet can get a little spotty. And if there are some audio glitches, I super apologize for that. Um, I'm recording via, uh, a streaming service and that connection can get interrupted and that can create audio artifacts. And so I'm really, really sorry for that. Uh, but if you have listened all the way to this long in the show. Hopefully you are an everydayer and you probably don't care. So thanks for that. (laughs) I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, Skull.